All right, welcome to another episode of the Christian Coach Podcast, where our mission is to serve coaches through conversation so they can lead like Jesus. I'm here with my co-host, Chad Simpson. How are you, Chad? Hey, Jim. It's good to see you. We have an incredible guest on the episode today. I'm so excited to introduce Jason Romano. Uh, If you know the name, Jason was formerly with ESPN and then made a major transition a few years ago as he's now serving full-time with Sports Spectrum. Uh, He's also the author of two books and he is uh, the host of the podcast. And Jason and Sports Spectrum, they're doing an incredible, incredible job. Uh, Chad, you got any takeaways or something we can look forward to? 100%. I'm so thankful that that you're able to speak with Jason. I was able to record with him back on season one, and, and it was fun to hear just uh, to go even deeper. But just a couple things to be listening for. Um, number one was just uh, the question that Tony Dungy's assistant presented to Jason that really uh, rocked and changed his, his life and his career. Um, and then something else is just the, a book that, that Jason read around that time that I really don't hear many people talk about, but uh, Jim read it, I read it. Uh, it really made a big impact on our life. And so just be listening for that. And, and then one more thing is just the name of the book that, that Jason was preparing to, to call his book before it was changed. But there's a, a lot of really good stuff in, in this one. Great stuff, Chad. Incredible uh, opportunity to speak with Jason again. So thankful for his time to come on the show. And we're going to get into that episode right now. Man, what an incredible guest we have today. Uh, welcome to the show, Jason Romano. Yeah. Hi, Jim. Good to be here, buddy. Man, I am just humbled uh, for you taking time out of your busy schedule. I am a fan of you, Sports Spectrum, uh, what you guys are all about. Um, most of our listeners know we open up with our power question. Mm. What does it mean to you to be a Christian coach? And Jason's a repeat guest, so uh, he was here with us in season one. So I'm going to kind of stretch this out a little bit, Jason, uh, maybe a little curveball, low and outside, but I know you'll knock it out of the park. I want to ask you, what's the importance or the value of a Christian coach? The importance and value of a Christian coach, my gosh, it's it, it couldn't be more important in my mind as a coach um, to know that Christ is at the center of your life. Um, the value is exponential in terms of you know the impact that you can make on those that you are coaching, your players, your fellow coaches, uh, knowing that you're coming from a, a perspective of an eternal ramification, not just some sort of, you know, temporary win or victory, although you always want to play well and and win. I think the importance of a Christian coach and the value of a Christian coach stems from the fact that there's something greater going on. Mm -hmm. There's a greater purpose. There's a higher calling. There's, um, there's a bigger reason that you're placed in this position than just wins and losses. And Coaches will say that sometimes to me too, and I know that they want to win. Uh, in fact, I was just talking to a coach at the college that my my daughter goes to, Indiana Wesleyan. Mm-hmm. They're bas- one of their basketball coaches, and if you know Indiana Wesleyan at all in the NAIA world, their basketball program is one of the top in the country and has been for better part of a decade. 
Yeah, great program. Yeah. Yet all they want to do is focus on this I am third model, which I stole and, you know, I shouldn't say I stole. I, I borrowed <laughs> there you from go. my book, you know, for my Uniform of Leadership book. But the idea of God first, mm. others second, ourselves third. And that model carries into being a Christian coach and the value that you can bring to others when you say, hey, okay, I love you. My priority is to help you grow to help us win games, but ultimately for me to be God-centered first, you-centered second, and then I'll worry about myself third. And I think that will rub off on the players as a Christian coach where they say, oh, this guy is all about others. So that creates a culture where mm -hmm. all of these players buy into the fact that they want to serve their fellow teammate by being the very best they can be. So good, man. I, I my, my pen's going crazy just writing down those notes there, but wow, what an answer. And you mentioned Indiana Wesleyan, a great program, and just, yeah, that that motto of I am third. It reminds me of uh, Coach Drew up at Baylor, uh, yeah. Joy, and yeah. just his theme, Jesus, Others, You. Yeah. And you mentioned your book, and I, I'm late on the scene. I know you wrote it 2020, so about two years ago. I'm holding it up for yes. our, our viewers, but the uniform of leadership, and, and Jason, I'm I wish I would have read more in my 20s and 30s, but uh, I'm starting now. Yeah. And I I literally went through two highlighters. I'm telling you that. I'm telling you the listeners. But I remember someone telling me, when, when you start reading, read something that interests you. And so here it is, man. Sports, mm -hmm. faith, leadership, incredible. So great job. And I wanted to ask you, Thank you. taking some time on your book, the, the title the uniform. And I know you kind of built that foundation in chapter one and two, just talking about putting on that uniform. Can you dive into that a little bit? Yeah, it's funny. The idea, it's funny. I'm holding the book too. And I see, yes. the uniform, I see the uniform of leadership on the cover. And I think that wasn't going to be the title. In fact, most of the first draft of this book had nothing to do with the idea of putting on a uniform. It mm -hmm. very much had the idea of leadership and serving others. But the idea for the title, which ultimately stemmed to become the theme of the entire book, came from my publisher. Mm. Uh, as we were submitting our first draft, and I think the, the idea of the, the book, I wanted to call it something to the effect of bloom where you're planted or mm. just bloom, which ended up being the title of the first or second chapter. But the idea of being present where you are and serving others is how leadership really is cultivated. And they came back and said, well, we were trying to think of something that would really highlight the idea of sports and faith. What do you think of the uniform of leadership? It has sports in there, you put on a uniform. Leadership is obviously the focus of what you're trying to write about. And I said, I don't even know what that means, <laughs> but okay. And they're the publisher, right? So right, they have right. a big say in everything. And they like that title. They actually came with the, not only the title, but sort of the, the layout of what the book yeah. cover would look like, which I really love. The guy wearing a suit, yeah. but also having a whistle. The idea of leadership transferring not only in the sports world, but in the business world and in the church world. But then my co-author, Steve Copeland and I, we started putting our brains together. And he goes, well, what does the uniform mean to you, Jason? I said, I don't know. We put on a uniform sports, but in many ways, and I just kind of said this off the cuff, I said, we put a uniform on every day, don't we? Yeah. And he goes, well, what do you mean by that? I said, well, every day 
you know, there's a name on the front of the jersey and a name on the back of the jersey that we have to decide who we're going to play for each day. I said, are we going to play for the name on the front of the jersey, which is the team, others, ultimately God, or are we going to play for the name on the back of the jersey, which is my name, which is the name of the uniform that you're wearing, uh, which normally is your last name or your first name. So I thought that was a way to really get into this model of the decision that we have to make each day. And uh, as followers of Christ, we have to make a decision each day. Are we going to follow Jesus or are we going to follow the world? And if we make that choice first and we choose Christ, then it's what are we going to serve first? Are we going to serve others or ourselves? And I think often we're just selfish creatures by nature. Of course. We, We gravitate or default to ourselves. And most people don't, I don't think, have any issue with that from a general perspective because we all understand that, you know, they always say, take me, I can't can even remember Jerry Springer way back in the day. <laughs> Jerry Springer, before, nice. Before I was a Christian, um, I used to watch shows like that. Not that I wouldn't watch shows like that now, but that show back then was very popular in the 90s. But at the very end, he used to say this. He would say, take care of yourself and each other. Mm. And I thought, that's a really great way to live life. I would say take care of yourself and others first. And so you're not taking yourself out of the equation, but you got to make sure you're taking care of others or you're focused on others. Maybe you do have to take care of yourself. And I think when you take care of yourself, you're able to give to others. Yeah. I see this in coaches a lot that, you know, they often are so others focused Mm -hmm. that they empty their cup and they don't fill it up with Mm -hmm. anything. Take care of themselves, Jim. And so So that's a question I ask a lot on our podcast sports spectrum, I say, Hey, uh, you know, who, who fills your cup up? Right. You're the one that's constantly emptying out everything you have each day as a coach. Right. And so there's a, there's a, a whole sort of ecosystem that exists, I think, in this uniform of leadership model that we can learn from grow and be able to cultivate, I think, a place to become not just a good Christian coach, but a, a better Christian by wearing that uniform properly every single day if we wake up and serve ourselves first we're wearing the uniform backwards yeah right and if you watch a game and you see somebody wearing a uniform backwards (laughs) it doesn't look right something's off and so i i think there's a lot into the idea of what the uniform is i think when you watch a sporting event and you see the name of the team on the front of the jersey there's a a real deep intentionality and purpose behind that that I don't think anybody really thinks about. Yeah, of course, it's the name of the team. But there's a reason the team is on the front and the name yeah. is on the back. So good how you just preface that and appreciate you taking the time to just kind of share with us. It reminds me, honestly, my mom went to Penn State, so I'm originally from the Pittsburgh area. But yeah. Penn State, I think, still does it. They don't even put the names on the back of their uniforms as they try right. to preach the importance of who we're playing for. And so, so yeah. good. As we go into a little bit more, I I think I remember reading a conversation you had with Coach Tony Dungy. Again, a great leader, great mentor. But I would even consider this probably one of your defining moments. And each of us go through different defining moments in our life that probably got you to where you are today in your faith. But can you share a little bit about that conversation you had with Coach Dungy and what he challenged you with? Yeah, it's uh, it's chapter two of the book. Uh, mm. It's called "Bloom Where You're Planted," 
that was the title initially because I just thought that that day and that moment and that time with Tony Dungy and his assistant Jessica, which yeah. I'll explain in a second, Tony and Jessica spending that day with them at ESPN, you know, a decade ago, still to this day is one of the most important days of my life. Not mm -hmm. just because you got to spend a day with a Hall of Fame coach, which right. is, you know, amazing. People just want to meet their heroes and spend five minutes with them. You know, I got to spend eight hours with Coach Dungy, right? And I've seen him since at multiple functions. So I've gotten to see him and, and spend time with him after that, uh, thankfully. But that day, that moment, and it's funny because I, I shared this in front of a crowd of like 5,000 people in Minneapolis mm. back in April. And right in the front row was Coach Tony Dungy. Mm. This was at his conference that he puts on in Minneapolis called Arise with the Guys. And they asked me graciously to speak and to share a little bit of my story. So I shared this Tony Dungy story wow. with Tony Dungy right in the front row. Wow. It's the first time I've ever shared it with him right there. Mm. And so I had to co confirm with him, like, everything I shared was true. <laughs> Everything you shared happened. I said, good. I wanted to make sure it wasn't embellishing <laughs> at all. But I remember that day getting excited that Coach Dungy was coming to ESPN because he was a Christian. Yeah. And I had, you know, been eight or nine years into my walk with Christ. And I just was excited to talk to him about, about Jesus and just seeing where I think he might go in terms of sharing his faith on an ESPN platform mm. right like what would that look like for him and he had just wrote this amazing book the mentor leader yes. which you know to me is one of the gold standards of leadership books that i've ever read and he's coming to promote this book and what an opportunity to spend the day with him and he does mike and mike in the morning his first show that day and you know he's going on all these different shows and i'm kind of the person that's tasked with spending the day with him Coach Dungy sits down in this, you know, in our green room, which is just a little conference room area. And we all sit down and he's got himself, Jessica, his assistant, Nathan Whitaker, his co-author, Todd um, Starowitz, who is his uh, publicist, and then me. Mm. All of them were Christian. Todd and, and uh, Jessica had known me from previous bookings, so they knew I was a believer. And they apparently shared that with Coach Dungy. So coach says, uh, Jason, it's so good to meet you. Thanks for walking us around. Very gracious, very kind, very humble, very, you know, um, gentle, I think is a nice word to use for coach Dungy. But he said, let me ask you a question. Mm. He goes, uh, how do you live your faith out here at ESPN? What's that look like for you? And I'm like, yeah, it was like an arrow to the heart. Cause I said, uh, I said, coach, can you do that? I don't even know if I can do that. Wow. And uh, I could sense that my answer was not the one he was looking for because he kind of <laughs> put his head down, shook his head a little bit. And before he could get up and even respond to me, which I knew he would respond if given the chance, but Jessica was the one that stood up in front of him. Jessica looked at me and kind of put her hands on her hips and shook her head a little bit and said, Jason, you don't understand what Coach Dungy's asking you here, do you? Hmm. I said, no. I said, uh, I guess I don't. What's he trying to say? She says, well, listen. God has placed you here for a purpose, right? Look at where you work. You work at the worldwide leader in sports, 3,000 yeah. people every single day coming to this place to create amazing content at an awesome place. And God has placed you here for a reason. Look at the mission field that you have. Of course, you could live out your faith here at ESPN because you can have an impact 
on every single person that you come in contact with. And I always thought, you know, if you're living your faith out in the workplace, that meant you were working for a church mm-hmm. or for a ministry or for a, you know, fellowship of Christian athletes or sports spectrum or something like that. I didn't think you could do that at a place like ESPN in a secular environment. You know, I was hired to be a producer at ESPN. I wasn't hired to be a, a Christian or, or a preacher, but that's not what Coach Dungy was trying to say. What he was trying to say was what Jessica said, which was maybe God will call you away into ministry someday, Jason. But Jessica said, listen, until he does, this is where God has placed you and you are to bloom where you are planted. Thus the title of chapter two and the title of what I thought would be the book. But when she said those words, bloom where you're planted, it was almost like a light bulb Mm. went on above me, a very giant bright light bulb. And I started to understand what Coach Dungy and what Jessica meant, which was every single day we wake up, we have to decide who are we going to serve? What uniform are we going to put on and how are we going to wear it? And then when we go into the workplace, how can we carry ourselves as Christ would carry himself? How can we be ambassadors for Christ? Listen, I can't walk around with a Bible at ESPN or a shirt, even the shirt you're wearing. He must increase. I can't, I probably can't wear that shirt to ESPN. I probably would be fired. I don't know if I'd be fired for the shirt. I'd probably be asked to take it off, but I would probably be fired if I was walking around with my Bible starting to tell people, Hmm. you know, about scripture or whatever. But what I can do is I can go in there and I can love my fellow teammates. I can serve them. I can be the best employee that I can possibly be mm. and do the best work I can be because I believe that honors God too. Just read Colossians, uh, Colossians 3. And so, and serve, serve everybody in this place as though I was serving God and not man. That's the way you can be and make an impact for Christ. And if you love and serve and care for your team, First of all, you're being the hands and feet of Jesus, but yeah. second, that's going to open up doors and they're going to say, what is so different about you? Like, what's the deal here, Romano? Yeah. And I had that a few times. I wouldn't say that happened like hundreds of times so I could share all of these testimonies. Right. That's not how life works. It's, it varies. But if you stay steady and focused and now you go into your job with a different purpose, right? You yeah. go into your job looking to serve others instead of looking to see who can serve you yeah instead of to see how you what you can get out of it can i get more money can i get a promotion can i get a different job title or status can i keep climbing the ladder when you're so focused on yourself you forget that there are three thousand other people that you could really focus your time on and serve others yeah and it all stems back jim to that coach dungy moment of simply asking a question how do you live your faith out? And it challenged me. I tell people it, that day changed my life. And I really mean that because it gave me a different perspective and focus in my work, not only at ESPN for the next, whatever it was, seven years, but now even with Sports Spectrum and understanding that my job isn't just a job, there is a calling and there is a purpose right. within the job to serve others and to glorify God ultimately. I just knew when I read that defining moment, I I knew that that's what kind of catapulted you into now, maybe this idea of changing the idea of being a career to a calling. You talked about climbing that ladder. It's no longer about climbing the ladder of success and look what I can do. It's almost like now coming down the ladder and being more significant 
That's the book. The book I read. Yeah, I read a book in 2016 called yeah. From Success to Significance. Yeah. There was a guy who wrote this book halfway in his life at 40 some years old where I was at that point. Yes. The idea was like I was I was doing great at the success part, making money, climbing the corporate right. ladder, doing all the cool things, but what's the significance? Yes. Like who do you run a truly impact? Right. And listen, people can stay at ESPN or stay in their jobs and still have significance. I'm not telling everybody to start leaving their jobs. Right. But when your focus, when your mindset, when you're when you realize your purpose is something greater than just how much money you can make or just that new title of vice president and those things are great. But when you realize there's a bigger purpose and a greater significance in your role in your life wherever you go, not just in your job, it changes everything. Yeah. I got to ask, was that the book Halftime, Bob Buford? Yes, that's right. Yes. Halftime from Bob Buford. And uh, the, the success to significance part yes. was the subtitle. But what a book. What and a I read it at the perfect time for me, which was right as I was thinking about leaving ESPN. And I'm like, yeah. all right, I'm 42 years old. Halftime of life. <laughs> Halftime of what I feel like God is calling me to do next, which I didn't quite know exactly what it was. But what a book to read. And I don't remember who suggested it to me, but I suggest that book now to a lot of people uh, because it impacted me greatly. Jason, our st I'm laughing inside uncontrollably because our stories are so similar. I'm 47. Yeah. And so right around 43 was my halftime experience. Someone suggested that book. And I went from being a high school basketball coach for 25 years, an athletic director, my, my, my fishbowl, my comfort, and now transitioning into nations of coaches, which I think you know a little bit about. And you know a lot about you, man, we are mirroring yeah. up our stories. Unbelievable. I wanted to ask you this real fast is uh, I know time is kind of just going. I could probably talk to you for two hours, but uh, <laughs> the idea about transition and transitioning well, transitioning, because um, a lot of coaches are going to go through that. Um, whether they get fired, whether they move up, maybe they move over. Um, and then the idea about being in a line, I use that word alignment with your wife. Mm -hmm. I remember hearing a podcast uh, that you shared just, man, her wisdom and her advice when you were kind of going through processing the transition and the change. So you can you talk about that a little bit, I man, transitioning well, and then just being in a line with your wife. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know how to transition well because I'd never transitioned before. Yeah. When you're at 17 years at ESPN, at some point, I think you just think you're going to be there for the rest of your life. And as I started thinking, and I felt like the Lord was impressing upon my heart, things like, Hey, I want you to do more for me. Don't forget, you know, I'm your priority. And I always thought, yeah, you're my priority, God, but what does that look like? And I, I don't know. I just felt like God was saying, do more for me, do more for me, for me, for me, for me, not for you, not for the world, for me. And I didn't know if that meant leaving ESPN or what, but I remember feeling it, thinking about it, telling some friends, uh, not even telling my wife initially. So we talk about alignment. I didn't go deep with her just yet, mm -hmm. but somewhere in late 2015, I felt like an opportunity was about to come. I didn't know it for sure in a ministry called Pro Athletes Outreach. And I thought PAO was about to have this opportunity for me to go and work with them. I had just met them and learned more about them. And uh, 
I came to Dawn, my wife, and I said, I think God's calling me away. And I think this is the opportunity. She goes, well, what does that look like? I don't even know what you mean. And I said, well, they haven't offered me a job yet. She's like, well, that doesn't mean you're automatically called to go there then. Uh, I said, right, but I think they're going to. And I said, uh, I think they want us to move to Colorado. And she's like, well, that's not happening. I said, well, what do you mean? <laughs> I said, I said uh, why not? And she's like, well, Sarah is in seventh grade. What are we going to do? Just pick her up and leave? My parents are two hours away and they're getting older. I don't think God's calling us away yet. And so I was kind of fighting her. I'm like, come on, of course he is. This is a great opportunity. This is exactly <laughs> what God is saying. And she's like, no, honey, this isn't, this isn't, I'm not aligned here. You know, I don't feel this call that you're, that you have. And I remember talking to a few people and they're like, man, you guys got to be aligned. If you're going to just, you can't just leave. If you leave, you're probably leaving something out of the will of God. And then you're also leaving that could something that could damage your marriage and potentially even your relationship with your daughter. And I thought, well, that's not something I want to do. And it's funny because right after she's saying all this, I get a call from somebody at ESPN and says, Hey, we might have a new opportunity for you. You know, cause at the time, to be honest, Jim, I haven't shared this a ton. I was probably at my, my worst point at ESPN mm-hmm. somewhere in the, around this time, the fall of 2015, I was kind of just like, man, I don't enjoy my job. Mm-hmm. I had a boss that was fairly difficult for me and him to align on. And I just, we didn't see eye to eye. We, we obviously we're doing sports. So I have to take this all with a grain of salt. Right. But I was just kind of done. You know, I was just kind of over with with dealing with whatever I was dealing with. I didn't enjoy my job, which is like crazy to say, because I love sports and I love ESPN, but I wasn't enjoying it. Well, I get a call and they say, hey, we have a new opportunity. We think this could be great for you to go back and work on Mike and Mike in the morning. What do you think? Mm-hmm. And I said, sure, that sounds great. Let's Let's explore that. And that was the best decision I ever made. And it was a year at ESPN my last year, but it was a year unlike any other. It was my favorite year of work there in terms of having a lot of fun, loving my job again, mm-hmm. getting to travel all across the country and go to different events, things I've never been a part of, like the NBA finals and college football's playoff and the World Series and the Final Four, like all of these amazing things that I got to go to because I was on Mike and Mike. But here's the thing. My wife looked at me and said, you see, this, was, this is clearly what God wanted you to do. Mike and Mike, not just leave. Let's let's work through this and let's continue to see what the Lord might do. So I spent the next year just praying, talking to different people and saying, you know, I'm not looking for a new job. I'm just looking for advice. So I want to learn. And so I would call up some of my mentors and some of my my friends and even people I was, you know, friendly with on social media and just say, can I get 25 to 30 minutes of your time just to pick your brain? I hate that word because people do that now and I don't like picking brains, but really I just want to ask you a couple questions and learn and hear your story. That's kind of how it was. I wasn't looking for a job. I wasn't looking for an opportunity. I really just wanted to cultivate relationships and hear their story. Yeah. Well, (laughs) come to the fall of 2016 and that ministry pro athletes outreach calls me and says, "Uh, Jason, we just purchased uh, an acquired sports spectrum. Do you know what sports spectrum is? Mm -hmm. I said, I'm aware. Yes, there's sports and faith. He's like, yeah, uh, we still, if you're ever still interested in leaving or maybe feeling God's calling you away, we think this could be an amazing opportunity for you to kind of help grow sports spectrum back up and be a part of that ministry with media. And that's when I really thought like, wow, this could be like the perfect fit. Sports and faith, 
media. Maybe this is what God really was waiting on for a year for me. I went back to my wife and she once again said, well, is there a job offer? I, I mean, we can talk about this all we want, but they have to actually make an offer and come to you with this for real. And I said, all right, well, let's wait and see. So I went to Atlanta, Georgia, went to one of their conferences in the fall of 2016, more like December, early December. And that's where we sat and talked and they made an offer. Mm. Now the offer wasn't what my wife wanted to hear because it was a 40% <laughs> pay cut. It was no benefits. It was a one year contract position. And I said, all right, I got one year contract, 40%. Let's talk through this because I still think God wants me to say yes to this. Yeah. So after we got through the ancillary details and my wife obviously thinking about how are we going to pay for our house? How are we going to make sure our daughter is taken care of? I just said to her, listen, I said, if this is from God, he'll make a way. Yeah. This is from Jason. I said, it'll probably crumble at some point. It'll fall apart and uh, I'll end up back at ESPN or I'll find another job. I said, but I really believe and think this is from God. Now you never really know until you take that step and then you right. look back. And so we prayed and she said, okay, if, let's just, let's, if you want to do this and you think this is right and you feel like this is the Lord, let's go. I support you. And, um, and if it crumbles, you know, let's, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to recognize that and, and, you know, we'll figure that out. I said, okay, well, I'm still there now. Five yeah. years later, Jim, I'm still with Sports Spectrum and God honored that. And uh, it's been quite the journey and the fact that two books were released in this process. We're growing our Sports Spectrum yeah. platforms. I love my job mm. and God has made a way to, to see, uh, you know, how, when we obey him and, and put him first, yeah. you know, and seek Christ first in all that we do, you know, he takes care of the rest. He really does. I love your story. I love your journey. You, you basically just stepped out of the boat and that, that was the faith story. And then yeah, that's what it was. It's, it's, it's that full surrender and, and I can just relate to it. So I, I commend you on your faith, your story, your journey. Again, we're with Jason Romano. He is a speaker, author, podcast host. He's with an incredible ministry, Sports Spectrum. Uh, formerly, he was with ESPN. And what a journey, what a story with Jason. I'm going to do this, Jason. We're going to have a little fun here a little bit as I'm kind of going to wrap some things up. I call this my rapid fire. Okay? Love it. So I'm going to give you 10 quick questions uh, maybe some favorites, this or that, and you have a minute to answer these. So looking for the first thing that comes to your mind. All right, let's ready? go. You ready? I'm ready. All right, here we go. I'm starting the clock. You got one minute. Here we go. Favorite junk food? Favorite junk food would probably be Skittles. Oh, nice. Go-to restaurant? Go-to restaurant? Uh, I mean, I don't really go out a lot. Maybe like a Chick-fil-A, we'll say. There you go. Nice plug. Favorite ice cream flavor? Chocolate chip cookie dough. Ooh. Favorite sport to play? Basketball. Nice. Favorite sport to watch? Football. Nice. Uh, a beach, house, or a cabin in the woods? I'll combine them and say a cabin in the woods by a lake. <laughs> by a lake. How's that? Nice. I don't need a beach, but I need water. So. I love it. Okay. Uh, favorite Bible character? Favorite Bible character? Probably the Apostle Paul. When you really nice. see his life and where he was and where he ended up, the Apostle Paul. Nice. Uh, sports car or truck? You know, I don't have either. Um, <laughs> I have an SUV. Okay. Uh, 
but it, I've, I've dreamed about getting a truck. My wife keeps saying you're not a truck guy. I definitely don't want a sports car, um, but I'm probably more of a truck guy if I was okay. one of the two. Hey, 2013 minivan, four kids, man. There you go. Exactly. exactly. Uh, favorite Bible verse? Favorite Bible verse? I, I would say, you know, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 has Ooh, been my man. life verse. But um, recently, I think John 3.30 has really been the, the, I mean, you're wearing the shirt, has yeah. been the, the one that's kind of been a staple of what I'm about, what Sports Spectrum is about. He must increase, we must decrease. I oh, love it. And final, last but not least, one word to describe Jason Romano. I know it's rapid fire, but now I have yeah, to. Yeah, I know. That's all right, man. I, I stopped looking at the um, caring nice i think i care yeah i would i would piggyback off of that serve your server man i i can tell i can i can read it and i'm so appreciative of you responding back to my my messages on social media and just connecting with me and getting to do this um i know we could spend probably another 30 minutes but we're going to wrap some things up and we always ask our guests jason how can i be praying for you well, we, we talked about this, I think, before we hit record, but, you know, I'm in a new season of life right now. Yeah. Uh, we're empty nesting as as parents. My wife and I, my daughter's in college. She's a freshman at Indiana Wesleyan, and I think I mentioned that earlier. And, you know, we're in this house. Um, we have one child, yeah. and we don't have multiple kids. And so when Sarah went away to Indiana, we live here in Connecticut. She's 12 hours away on a drive, and uh, and we have an empty house now. It's a much more quieter house that's been an adjustment and i think just continuing to pray uh, for both my wife and i as we navigate this next stage of life how to love and serve our daughter in a different and unique way but also how we can grow in our marriage uh, that's become a priority that's been on my prayer list for months and months and months now because i've seen other people as their kids get older marriages drift apart a little bit because they poured so much into their kids that they didn't realize that they were neglecting each other and suddenly now they just have each other and they don't even know how to cohabitate together i don't want that yeah i want to have a thriving marriage i want my marriage to be better yeah. in this stage than it was in the first 23 years that we've been okay. married so okay. i i'm praying for that i i don't even know if i fully know how to do that if i'm being yeah. honest I, I'm, I'm reading a lot of books and certainly searching scripture and want to serve my wife in the best way I can. But I don't even know if I have the answer. Uh, but that's something we're continuing to work through and, and definitely need prayer for. Love it. Love it. Well, let's do this. Let's close in prayer, huh, Jason? Be great. Yeah. God, thanks for an incredible conversation. Thank you for Jason. Thank you for his heart, his um, willingness to serve. I love his faith story. What an example to me and so many others, Lord, how you um, just worked in his life, his choices, his decision, his family, as we pause and just lift up his family now in this transition with his wife. I pray that each and every one of us, myself included, would be men of God, will be kingdom men that look to serve you, to serve others. Pray for his daughter, Sarah, up at school in this just just different different season in life now. Um, pray for him as a, as, a, as a dad, as a husband, as an encourager. Thank you for Sports Spectrum, um, what their mission is, what their vision is, what they stand for. Again, thank you for the Christian Coach Podcast and how we can use this platform to serve coaches through conversations so that we can lead like Jesus. We ask this all in your name. Amen. Amen.
Amen. Amen. How how fortunate we were for uh, Jason Ron to be able to come on and share with us. And I really feel that he's he's man. He's like the the pastor to the sports world. Just uh, the social media influence that he has, and um, highly highly respect him. And um, I think the the part really stood out is just this idea of of halftime. The book that he mentioned. Um, we, we really recommend it if you're kind of in this zone of like, all right, I'm I'm halfway into my life. What have I accomplished so far? What do I want the end to look like? And and for me, it it, it maybe it happened a little earlier. So I don't I don't know. I was probably mm-hmm. 30, 31. My, my father had a couple um, a couple bouts of cancer, had a stroke that that caused him to be disabled, and uh, really made me just think like, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world mm-hmm. and forfeit his soul? And I really feel that and um, just the Lord's leading really caused me to kind of come into uh, ministry full time with athletes in action. Uh, But what what was uh, what was the halftime like for you, Jim? Yeah, so good. Thank you, uh, Chad. I I, man, when he started talking about halftime and I knew I knew the book, Bob Buford, excuse me. And I read that uh, when I was 43, I'm 47 now. And it, it just spoke volumes to me what God was doing in my life of rather climbing the ladder of success, it was now kind of coming down the ladder and being more significant. You know, success is about me, significance about others. It was mm-hmm. no longer trying to impress people. Uh, look at my resume, look what I've done, look at my degrees. But now it was more trying to impact people and influence people. Um, you know, no longer title, it was about testimony. And so, man, if you get a chance to read that book, Halftime by Bob Buford, incredible book. And man, I loved listening to Jason. He just got a voice for being a podcaster and, and just, I could just listen to him, you know, for another hour, but uh, check out Sports Spectrum, check out his podcast, man. He's doing some great stuff. Oh, for sure. And and I think my, my last thought with the halftime stuff is it doesn't necessarily have to be a, a career change, even though that's what it was for Jason. That's what right. it was for you. That's what it was for me, but it could be a volunteer role. Uh, it could be, yeah, um, just something something small too, where it's just thinking through what am I going to do uh, with the rest of my life. So great, great reminder. Um, super thankful for for all of our listeners. Thanks for joining us, and uh, just remember, Coach, the mission field is right where you're at. 